What's up guys, I'm Daniel Logan, Boba Fett from Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, and The Clone Wars. You will listen to Call the Portion Podcast. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Hello and welcome back to the Quarter Portion Podcast, the only Star Wars podcast that knows podcasting is a complicated profession. I am Chris DeHoog and I am joined again by my good friend and co-host Patrick Fletcher. How are you, buddy? Great, man. I got two trailers. Got The Mandalorian the other day and then um, the new trailer for Episode 9. I couldn't be happier. And happier with, like, I mean, I couldn't be happier with both trailers. I thought they were both awesome. We were, uh, we just posted an episode last week called The Calm Before the Storm and uh, the storm is here. It is. <laughs> it's from now, it from is. here on out, you know, it's going to be, you know, this trailer. We're going to be talking about this for a month or so, and then we're going to get the toy leaks and everything for Force Friday, the first Friday of October, where all the merchandise comes out. Let me be the first to say here. What do you think about Dark Empire now? <laughs> I started reading it today because of the, of, of the new trailer. It's, it is I've been, a great I've been meaning to do it man. for You'll a like while, it. and uh, after I watched that trailer, I think half an hour later, I was like, no, screw it, I'm buying it. <laughs> it's a great series, man. It's a real fun read. Somewhere, <laughs> I had a, a cassette um, that I recorded um, from somewhere because I think I had a friend that had it. It was the uh, audio. It was like the. It wasn't done on the radio, but it was like a radio audio dramatization of Dark Empire. And Billy D. Williams actually did the voice of Lando in it. No shit. So it was quite good. Uh, all the voices were actually were, were really good. It had sound effects and a full cast, kind of like the old uh, BBC dramatization of The Hobbit and. I mean, like I've only read the first issue so far, but I can kind of see how you could take like the narration and just turn that into an audio drama. It's very good. You can easily do that with comics too, because the audio is, or they, I mean, the dialogue. It's not like a novel. The dialogue's fairly brief in a comic. It's like a storyboard, right? So well, and it's not... especially with these, like this older generation of comics too, because like that, that was um, like 1990 or so. No, no, actually, it would have been later than that. Would have been early '90s though. I mean, we would have been talking '93 here, probably. Um, I'm thinking Dark Empire. I'm thinking about '93. It would have been. It was after the heir to the Empire. Yeah, because Han because and Leia were takes, married in it, so the, right, that was established. It, and there's twins. It picks up um, almost immediately after um, the Throne trilogy. So, although it's funny, in the first issue, they fly down to to rescue Luke and Lando, who crashed a star destroyer on Coruscant, and there's like a giant lake. I'm thinking, like, that's yes. not consistent with the vision of Coruscant that came afterwards. And I'm pretty sure in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, it was a big planet-wide city at that point. So Yeah, there was another thing. I think in the role-playing game, they said in Coruscant, the only place where you could actually touch the ground was the top of a mountain. There was a mountaintop somewhere that was actually exposed, and it was the only place on the planet you could actually touch bare rock or something hmm. to that effect. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to see if um, some elements from that uh, series are going to come up in uh episode nine but uh yeah we'll see well yeah d23 just finished over the weekend um we got news on a bunch of disney plus things as well as another sneak peek at uh, rise of skywalker Let's so it'll be one out of the way yes that because that'll, that'll be quick and easy <laughs> so yeah. hello there well, uh, uh <laughs> this thing is finally happening <laughs> it is and i'm so happy that ewan mcgregor is going to reprise his role like i mean it, i mean how you, you can't have anyone else play obi-wan no absolutely not like so long as he's available, and I gotta say that I'm initially I was kind of bummed that they scrapped the movie on the basis of Solo because I still think Solo was a really good movie. Um, 
but I'm way happier to hear that there it's going to be a series as opposed to a, a film or even a collection of films because you can do I mean Game of Thrones has proved you can do so much more with a uh, with a series than you can with um, even a trilogy of films. Yeah, because I feel like in like an actual movie of what we want would feel both really slow and really rushed. In that, like, absolutely, it, it would be a much slower paced story. And then if you want to cram a movie's worth of like action into it, then it's gonna feel really off. Yeah. So doing it as a series, whether it's yeah, I, I don't th- I don't think they said exactly how long it's gonna be exactly, or if it's just a one season and done type of thing or whatever. But they can they can take the time to to really dig in and on some stuff and really do some introspective episodes like some of those great game of thrones ones where it doesn't there's not a lot of action but there is a lot of development both in terms of character and story so mm-hmm. it's a much better medium for it i think in the long run um and i think they did say that it's going to be set eight years before new hope so after solo technically okay so i mean if it's eight years before new hope they're probably going to age mcgregor a little bit then um for a lot of the scenes i mean i'm sure there'll be a lot of flashbacks but uh, I mean, generally, they'll probably have to age him a bit because, I mean, Alec Guinness was, you know, probably in his, had to be in his late 60s, early 70s when he played Obi-Wan. I think so, yeah. I can't remember exactly. Um, and McGregor's not that old yet. McGregor's probably, what, 50 now? I mean... No, well, it's been 14 years or so since they filmed the prequels, or since they filmed okay, episode so three, rather, so... We'd probably be our, our age, well, I mean, my age, I don't know, 45... It's actually a really good point. Like maybe he would be grayed up a little bit. It's hard to say. I think they'd have to if it's going to be, you know, at that, you know, within a decade of A New Hope. You know, he'd have to be in his, he'd at least have to be in his 60s. I was thinking that it could be like kind of Obi-Wan sitting around talking, like based on a kind of a, a journal, like in a, what do they call it, a pissiary work, like a, uh, like Bram Stoker's Dracula, where it's all written on, it's based right, on notes right. and letters. Like it could be some kind of a diary or a journal where he's speaking about the path who knows i mean there's precedent for that actually because in in the marvel comics the mainline star wars title there's a whole little storyline where luke goes back to tatooine and visits ben's hut and uh picks up the journal he had and like he reads in it about like this campaign that yoda went on so he's reading not only about like ben's life but also like is that the, canon the jedi knowledge yeah from the marvel new line yeah oh there you go uh, there you go i mean that could be if it's can that could be exactly what it's based on i wasn't even thinking of that yeah, no, that, that'd be a cool frame for it, too. And I know, like, um, I'd actually be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Amy, from previous appearances on the show and our future uh, RPG campaign, was screaming at me when they announced it because she really hopes that uh, Natalie Kidman comes on for an episode to play Duchess Satine. Oh, do, like, wow. a flashback episode. Because uh, Satine is... I haven't seen Moulin Rouge, but um, I guess they named Duchess Satine after her character in Moulin Rouge. Because Ian McGregor oh, was really? in that. Um, no, so I didn't see it. Amy has this uh, this uh, tin foil hat theory that they, that, she should, that that she should be off for an episode to do like a flashback to that whole storyline. <laughs> That'd wow. be cool, but maybe not. You probably wouldn't get Nicole Kidman to do it. But if they do touch on Duchess Satine's role in his life, that'd be really cool. I've been rewatching with the Clone Wars recently, and like he mentions that he was stationed on Mandalore with with her or whatever, and would have left the order for her and all this stuff. So like that'd be something cool to touch on, and when you have the time to explore it in a series but yeah he didn't he didn't he didn't come on stage and say hello there which is what's that he didn't come on stage at d23 and say hello there which is a missed opportunity (laughs) i think actually come to think of it i'm I'm just waiting for you know two years down the line from now when we have this series and it's done and over with 
and everyone's complaining that it wasn't like there wasn't enough memes in it. So yeah. I feel like a lot of people just want just want the series because Obi Wan's in so many memes. Like there's more yeah. to it than just that. <laughs> so yeah, like surprisingly, like that was some of the least of the news we got this weekend. Do you want to do the Mandalorian first or Episode Nine? Let's go Mandalorian because it was released first, um, and I have it on my screen. Um, <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah, let's let's start with the beginning. I mean, I was saying this before we started recording. That opening, um, probably can hear my clicking of my mouse here, but that uh, kind of re- very reminiscent to me anyway of Game of Thrones with all the stormtrooper helmets on spikes and all the stormtrooper helmets. Well, most of them are all they're damaged. Like one of them's got a big hole through the top of it. One of them's got a big slash down the down the front. Um, I thought that was a really cool way to open it. Um, like you were saying, it looks darker than I was expecting but um yeah i was gonna say was, like we're, we're talking about it off air that, that uh, looked a lot darker than we thought and like what a way to start the trailer off and kind of like warn or prepare everybody like this is going to be a more serious and gritty type of star wars story it sure looks that way gritty anyways i'm not, I'm not so sure about serious yeah like they're, they're making it look that way but uh i mean you, you have taika with tv playing an ig droid so there's got to be some humor to it. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to. It's Star Wars, right? Um, and uh, actually, sorry, speaking of Game of Thrones, I didn't realize this until like 24 hours later, but um, the Twi'lek that turns around and winks at the camera. Yeah. Do you know, do you know who's playing that? No. Uh, Natalia, Natalia Tena, who played um, Asha in uh, Game of Thrones, the wildling. Oh, oh, you're kidding. Yeah, and Tonks from uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, same same actress. I didn't realize that she was even in the series until like I saw it on Twitter out like twenty four hours later. Right, I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, I'm looking at her. It's hard. It's hard oh, to tell beneath all the prosthetics. Yeah, but uh, that's her. Very cool. Yeah. I thought that was actually a really. Uh, it was. It's so brief, but I, I that was one of the kind of one of those moments in that trailer that really got me. I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't know something about it. it just added an element of. Because she's holding a knife in her hand, if you know, I don't know if you noticed that. It sure looks like she's holding a blade in her hand when she's turning around, winking. Yeah, look, very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I'm totally those... excited about this Mandalorian, man. Like at first, I was. It's not that I wasn't excited for it, but now that I see, especially the, I mean, that one scene with the swoop bike. Um, oh, in the dark, yeah. Yeah, when he comes in, and I'm pretty sure that that's Michael Pena on the swoop, just based on um, kind of the uh, going frame by frame here. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it certainly looks like him on the swoop. Um, the ship looks great. I loved the the ambience of the music at the very beginning. The dun, 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 like it was just uh, very reminiscent of. Um, I think the whole trailer was very reminiscent of Rogue One. Yes, yeah, uh, very much so. Like you, like you said, dark and gritty and uh, uh, not adult, but you know, certainly um, Cer- not uh, certainly more so adult than other ones. Yeah. Hmm. Which, uh, like I was saying off air, was kind of funny considering that John Favreau's latest credit is the Lion King remake. <laughs> that guy could do anything, though. Like John oh, absolutely. Favreau, that that guy's that guy's unbelievable. I mean, I think we, we said this in another uh, Star Wars podcast that we did. That, that I mean, this guy, everything this guy touches turns to gold. Like the guy can, I don't know how to put it. I mean, the guy kicked off the MCU. Yeah, he laid the foundation for that. Um, he even you did know, a good like, like cameo role on Friends. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, absolutely. When he was the MMA fighter, getting his ass kicked every day. <laughs> That's right. My favorite movie that he was in was uh, Very Bad Things, which is 
very, very dark, dark comedy. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, yeah. actually, no. Yeah, you certainly don't want your daughter watching. <laughs> but uh, if you and uh, you and your wife ever want to watch a cool movie, if, if she's into that kind of dark humor, because it's no, dark. Probably, no. Sounds a little too but much, it's, probably. It's but it's a cool film. It, it's, it was ages ago. Uh, Christian Slater's in it. That'll tell you how Oh, wow. Okay, that says it all. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy Piven's in it, and um, a few other people that you'd recognize. It's it's a really good film. But, yeah, Favreau, as a director, as a, as a movie maker... As a Star Wars fan, like not only is he, you know, like I said, a great director and a great filmmaker, the guy's a fan of this. Like he said, he already had the idea for this <laughs> before anything was uh, anything was contracted. You know, well, it's probably floating around in his head forever, from the sounds of it. Yeah. Although uh, he did mention that Boba Fett's not going to be in the series. Now I don't know if that I can't remember the exact wording here, but um, I was kind of wondering if this is like a cheeky way of saying, oh, Boba Fett's not in series season one could pop up down the line but anyways um i the gist is that he wanted to use boba fett but then was told uh couldn't or shouldn't use him or whatever so like now Uh i'm kind of seeing the trailer a bit differently in that like this could be boba fett and the same you know it could be easy swap to turn the character into boba fett um yeah that's possible now i'm feeling kind of cheated because i feel like he should be involved in it like why start a whole new character to do the same thing that the one character did already yeah, like a guy in Mandalorian armor is a bounty hunter. Like, yeah, like this is this this trailer looks exactly like a Boba Fett comic that came out this summer from the Age of Rebellion line. Like they did this one shot, and it's basically looked just like this trailer. Like Boba Fett says two words in the whole like issue. Um, he just goes and hunts this guy down, drags him in, says a cool line, and that's the end of the comic. That's this trailer right. basically, um, minus all the cameos and whatnot. And like, by the same token, like the, the IG droid isn't IG eighty eight, so like, was that supposed to be IG eighty eight? But they couldn't use him for whatever reason, so it's uh, IG eighty six, whatever its name is. Like, oh really? I, I I don't know if it's that close. I'm I'm going over the top of my dome here, but uh, yeah, hmm. I'm kind of feeling like oh, this could have been an easily a Boba Fett story, and it could have been just as good. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, it's just a trailer. We don't know what's coming. So, uh... oh, again, I I don't mean to sound down on on the trailer at all because like i was already excited for this like i am for everything else coming up and this the, the just planetary more so for that. incredible like um that scene where that where he's, he's touching down on some kind of i don't know it looks like a giant quarry basically and it, it was reminiscent of that uh that imperial that penal colony planet from again i'm I keep harkening back to this because <laughs> it's so reminiscent of rogue one like flying over that um that landscape of like the dried earth except on a fractal scale i thought that was right. really neat it looks looks like you're you know like you have a your driveway gets all muddy after a rainstorm and then it dries up and it cracks all dry but it's like on a on a massive scale um i like that fractal kind of environment that they present there that looked really cool um um one thing here let me bring it up here the uh those death troopers i was gonna i was just about to mention those too yeah yeah yeah, because it's curious, too, because this is set seven years after either New Hope or Jedi. And those so are Death Troopers. Like, it's no it's three to seven years those. after, like, Vader and the Emperor die. So, like, I'm curious about all the Imperial presence in this series, too. Like, where it is he in the galaxy that they're armor. still this active? Yeah, because, like, he's actually he's actively inter- inter- interacting with Stormtroopers. And you have those heads on spikes are, like fairly recent older still like everything's dried on them but at the same time they're yeah you know it could old. be something reminiscent of like 
you know, modern day, I mean, modern day Russia, you know what I mean? Like when the Soviet Union fell, you had all these KGB agents that kind of became basically crime bosses. True, yeah. Essentially, yeah. because they had such um, deep connections in the underworld in Russia. And now suddenly it's, you know, it turns into a capitalist society. So they start capitalizing on all their old contacts and making themselves kind of wealthy crime lords. You know what I mean? It could be just something like that where these were death troopers or stormtroopers. And they've just, you know, hired themselves out as hired guns. You know, who knows? I'm like, I, I would almost think if I had seen just, you know, like a single death trooper or a couple of guys, I would have thought, oh, maybe these are just some guys who got into like an Imperial armory or something. And now maybe, they're, but you they, know, the smugglers wearing the pretty... gear, but these guys look really disciplined. Like I'm looking at the shot of them yeah. all lined up. Like, yeah, yeah no, this isn't, too. this isn't just some wannabes. These are Imperials. I'm looking at the same shot and yeah, there, there's five of them lined up like kind of execution style yeah and interesting uh, and you got gus from breaking bad you gotta love that like um and if you notice that shot of him i can't remember his name you've watched breaking bad right no no i still haven't watched it oh so you're the one yeah i'm (laughs) I'm the one guy (laughs) dude it's the it's the best it's the best television series of all time like it's it's absolutely fantastic uh you have to watch breaking bad oh my god do you ever have to watch breaking now i i I know him from i know him from community so well, the shot of him, it, although it's very brief, like you see him kind of looking past the camera. The Death Troopers are in the background, so I'm assuming he's their commander, whoever he is. So I'm guessing he's ex-Imperial. Uh, yeah, I was going to say his clothes kind of gave off, if not Imperial, he's, like he's official, right? Like that's like body armor. And it looks like the uh, where the, the pieces of his armor that kind of connect him over his shoulders, that they almost look like uh, medals or, or, or rank bars, you know what I mean? Yeah, those are the those are the death troopers there. So yeah, he's got to be ex imperial or imperial remnant or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and just thinking generally older cast too. Like everyone in this tra- or everyone in this series that they've shown so far is like forty or up. Carl Weathers, which is uh, that's that's a first for Star Wars right there. Yeah, like it's always it's always been grounded in someone who's young. And. Uh, Actually, I don't know how old Pedro Pascal is, but he's got to be at least mid thirties to higher forties, or to, to I think sorry, he's probably mid thirties to forties. Um, awesome actor, though. Um, oh god, I, I'm I'm actually kind of bummed that he's wearing the helmet because like I want to hear him talk, I want to hear him yeah, do for stuff. Sure. Right? Like I don't want him, <laughs> yeah, I don't want I him to be Boba Fett. I want him to be Oberyn Martell. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Have you seen? Did you ever watch Narcos? No, still haven't watched that one either. Oh wow, man. I, Again, a phenomenal series about the, uh, you know, the life and the eventual death of Pablo Escobar. Um, absolutely incredible. And he plays in, in Narcos. He plays an actual guy. The actor is my yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, but I think his name's really similar in the show. Um, can't remember. But he, anyway, he's based on an actual person, like the actual cop. One of the actual cops that uh, uh, was, was responsible for... Um, like he was an American DEA agent that uh, who was Spanish by descent, um, so he fit it right in in Colombia, um, and was uh, part of the team that you know chased Escobar for you know a decade and right. eventually brought him down. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's an awesome actor, awesome actor. Um, so looking forward to this. This trailer was just phenomenal. Um, the the I love the part with uh, all the. Uh, you know, their targets, their marks all lined up, frozen in carbonite. I thought that was a great touch. <laughs> um, 
Well, like at first it's like, oh, okay, carbonite. That's kind of ha ha. Oh, there's like five guys there. That's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't notice that until you pointed it out because I was like, hey, the guy in carbonite was kind of neat. And you were like, there was like four of them or five of them. It's like a chop shop. Yeah, yeah, I went and looked and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, he went out and got a whole crew, you know. Which kind of comes back to the Boba Fett thing. Like he's taking the hallmarks and everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That could be a hallmark of just bounty hunting in that universe though you know that's true yeah um i actually threw out the idea to a friend of mine david and uh said you know maybe this guy has inherited boba fett's armor and uh he kind of shut me down on that and that like the armor yeah, is like, very different but i was like oh, okay we can like piece together a whole meal or whatever but like no that's it's very different it's just too um it looks like the same kind of model of armor but uh yeah it's still it's mandalorian just... armor yeah it still has that absolutely that but it's too but... shiny and um Especially the helmet. Like, yeah, Boba Fett's armor had looked like it had gone through hell and back. You know what I mean? This one, yeah, looks Cad Bane put a good dent in it, and yeah, 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 it looks a bit more polished. Yeah, actually, that gnarliest shot too is right at the end there, where he uh, he's taken on all those guys by himself and like catches the guy on the door, shoots the controls, and like shuts the portal on him, clearing the room out. Yeah, that guy clearly got cut in half. I mean, like <laughs> if he doesn't, like that's such a cop out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, this isn't our usual Star Wars. All right, this is the end of Rogue One for a whole series, maybe. It's the only thing that killed me was at the very end when you see the big Disney logo, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it actually bodes well for future, like, mature content, I think, if they're willing to make this one of their tentpoles for the launch of it. I hope so. I mean, this channel, this this, uh, endeavor that they're getting into, it's going to ride on it. You know, it, they, they better make it work. You better please the fans, I'll tell you that. Um, it looks so far that they will. But like I've said this a thousand times, one of the best movie trailers I ever saw was Congo. And it was one of the worst movies of all time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Plus, like, it, pleasing the fans is so hard these days, as we've covered in the past. Like, you can it give is, people but, the I best mean, thing like the, ever. and The realistic fans. I mean, I just, I mean, you're never going to with the the days of the modern day of the internet and trolling and you know all the idiots that are out there you're always going to have in very like you're always going to have people picking this stuff apart i mean we pick it apart but we do it you know in a star wars there's there's the people there's the people who do it just or who say they hate it just to be the guy who hates it to be the cool yeah exactly exactly um from what i see so far uh thumbs up uh as far as trailers go i'll give it a five man that was that was pretty pretty damn good Gives us a lot to go off of, but also doesn't give too much. Like I still don't know what the whole plot is. Yeah, and that's the that's the one of the the real geniuses of making a good trailer is you know it's coming, and are you ready? It's coming. Uh, it looks cool. This, here's a yeah, few like mysterious this is what shots. You're get. Here's some. Here's a few pieces, but we're not going to tell you the we're not going to tell you the story. Some trailers literally show you the whole movie in a minute and a half, and it's like, well, don't need to see that now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it happens so often, but you know that that that's that's the way a good teaser should be. Absolutely. Know? There's actually two more things I wanted to mention about Mandalorian two. Sure. Um, um, yeah. So I had two more things I want to mention about Man- uh, about the Mandalorian before we go on. Um, we were talking last episode about whether this should be like dumped on the service all at once or whether it should be weekly or not. We yeah. still don't know for sure. Although John Favreau said something to the effect of he believes it's going to be week to week. But it sounds like it's still not settled yet, Boo. or they're at least not able to say yet. So <laughs> I think I might Boo. win this one. 
And uh, yeah, they added or they answered one more person for the cast as well. Um, so as this was D23, they usually do uh, the Disney Legends um, little ceremony where they and, like um, add people to their Hall of Fame or whatever. So like the people they do have done like a lot of voice acting, like all the Disney princess voice actresses are pretty much in there, I think. And uh, like um, Robert Downey Jr. was inducted this year. And uh, so was Ming-Na Wen, who uh, was the voice of Mulan and has been Agent May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And one of the best things about that show for the last seven years. Oh, she's great. And um, she announced in her speech, or it was mentioned in her speech, that she's going to be on Mandalorian in some capacity. Now, I don't know if that's supposed to be this season or for next, or whether she's doing a voice, because we haven't heard that she's in it yet. Like, I don't know what capacity she's going to she be in. but a Mandalorian, she, man. She could be. She could be. It could be a whole big, big fake out. Maybe she's a Mandalorian. I mean, Mandalorians were. I mean, it's based on Sabine. Look, look distinctly Asian. Um, I don't know why she wouldn't fit that bill. I mean, maybe she's. Maybe she's a Mandalorian. That'd be great. Oh, and seeing her in the Mandalorian armor, kicking ass, would be amazing. Oh, that'd be <laughs> but, fantastic. But uh, she had a great quote. Actually, she said that uh, she was really excited she to be Sabine. Star Wars. And uh, whoa, she could play an older Sabine. Maybe. That they, they, they age in the timeline and work? Damn. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because like Sabine's skin is a bit darker, but um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually just trying to picture her with blue hair. Like Man, blue or purple hair know. or whatever. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, cool. But yeah, she had a great quote during the ceremony. She said she was excited to be part of Star Wars because as a kid, she used to pray to God, Buddha, and the Force. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you just love to hear like someone who really loves the franchise getting to be part of it and just having that geek out moment it's really really cool to see those are the people you want involved in your franchise yeah absolutely and like it's it's not like you have to be totally well versed and everything to be a good star wars actor like there's a lot of people in the current stuff that aren't that are still nonetheless amazing characters but uh just that extra bit just uh (laughs) can go a long way for sure yeah yeah no that's fantastic yeah the uh on a side note the um Last week they announced the um, all the major character casts for um, Amazon's The Wheel of Time. Which I was oh yeah, about. yeah. I sent, I sent I you that. Yeah, really excited about. It. And one thing that I'll tell you, based on our conversations about you know diversity and things like that, in the original Wheel of Time series, everyone was pretty much white. However, the the the, the story really took place in a, in an era. It was supposed to be basically the Earth, but in some unknown time. And uh, I really liked what Raph Jenkins, the uh, the showrunner, said. He said, I wanted the Wheel of Time cast to look like the Earth in three or 400 years. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of everything mixed together. Hmm. I thought that was really cool because they've actually cast several, um, I, th- I think, Asian and African-American actors and actresses as, in these major roles in the wheel of time that were just white characters. And at first I, I looked at them on the, um, like looked at their pictures. And then I thought about when I read the books and I was like, I don't know if that fits. And then I read the blurb that Jenkins wrote about each one of them. And I was like, perfect. Like apparently they're all huge fans of the books. Like the guy who plays, I, I don't, I don't think you've read the books, but the guy who plays uh Perrin. I've read the first like came, five or six. Yeah. Well, the guy who plays Perrin, um, is a African-American actor. And uh, apparently Jenkins said that they, all they did was give him like a few lines of dialogue and uh, uh, a brief synopsis of his, this guy's past. And uh, apparently as soon as he walked out of the auditioning room, they all looked at each other and they go, that's our parent. 
I like <laughs> That's the fact. Awesome. I like the fact that they didn't do their auditions based on race. They just did their ba- their their auditions based on how can you grasp this character, and um, it's just very cool to hear. Uh, yeah, like I was a little, I was a little surprised when I first saw the like the the first thing I saw was like a like a composite of of the five main younger characters. Yeah, um, who were cast? And I I was surprised because it's been a while since I even touched those books. But um, I thought like Egwin, the like the main young female lead, absolutely. Um, I always thought of her was like really like blonde and fair. And see, I always thought Egwin as like dark, dark hair, and uh, but you know, but then well, like uh, oh, I'm gonna butcher the name, but no, the Nine, oh Nynaeve, Nynaeve. Yeah. That's how it, I, that's such a weird name to say. But, uh, After she looking was at the picture of the girl hair. that's going to play Nynaeve, I was like, that's perfect. I just looked at her picture, and I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, they, they absolutely like, not they nailed how I pictured that, yeah. her when I was reading it, but I was like, that's perfect. And uh, Matt actually was, they nailed him perfect. too. Perfect. <laughs> absolutely the, perfect, yeah. There's this one, I, I, like, I don't know if you ever saw this, but there's this like official like lore book um, with this artwork that was commissioned by Jordan. Mm-hmm. And the art is so bad. <laughs> But um, it's the only thing I had to go off of for like you know official representations of the. Oh, characters. I know the like, one you're talking about. Yeah, it's a I white exactly cover. The one you're talking it's... about it was terrible. I showed it to a friend of mine who also read the books, and he like physically recoiled from the sight of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but he like that the actor they cast for for Matt looks just like you know a human being from that picture <laughs> instead of it really whatever does. that humongous was. Yeah, it looks exactly like Matt on the cover of uh, The Dragon Reborn. It really does. And then they nailed Rand, too, but like that's just a pretty generic white protagonist look, so yeah, <laughs> not, hard it, to, it not hard to go there. Yeah. You know what's funny is when I was always reading those books, I always pictured Chris Hemsworth as Rand. Um, hmm. the, the, the voice, the height, because Rand is very, very tall. He's a big guy. Um, not big, like Thor big, but um, I kind of... I always kind of pictured him as Ram, but no, that, I think it'll work. I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting off topic. Actually, uh, I was just thinking it's, it's too bad he couldn't play that role because he missed his opportunity. But I don't, I don't think they've cast um, Lon like the warder yet, or they haven't announced that's true. it yet. Yeah, Get him in there. <laughs> There's been a lot of um, speculation online as to who should play him. I heard like uh, Clive Owen and things like that. But... Oh, no, he's, you, you need like a man who has a barrel for a chest to play that guy. I always pictured Lan as like. Um, kind of like wharf <laughs> really <laughs> like with the voice like i'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of like the for the first book's cover like for the eye of the world it's that one where they're all like in a procession like front and center yeah. is um moraine and and him and he's yeah. just this like barrel wearing armor on top of a horse <laughs> yeah so yeah, like i always basically. thought of him as like that like unrealistic um cover art of captain america from like around the same time i was reading the books like yeah, early, he's gotta like, be. He's gotta 2000s. be a huge guy. He's gotta be like the Kurgan from Highlander. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's gotta be like a Dave Bautista but taller. Yeah, like please a rock don't cast type, Dave essentially. Yeah. Please don't cast Dave Bautista. Oh no, no, I'm just saying physically though. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I understand. Anyways, um, back to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, get back do you want to go on? Do you want to move on to episode nine here? Well, actually, just a quick note too. Uh, one more thing for Disney Plus is they did announce that Clone Wars season seven would be premiering in February in february oh great so the new season won't be out with with the launch of it although i pretty much expected that they haven't really billed it as being a november thing well, so we're gonna, gonna have some time season, right like it I mean, should be the last i believe it should be tying everything up cool 
because they've been building up to it to be the Siege of Mandalore, which is basically when Ahsoka was doing during the Battle of Coruscant at the start of Revenge of the Sith. Like, right. she was fighting Maul on, on Mandalore while uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin were rescuing Palpatine from the ship over Coruscant. So, sounds like it's all building to that. So, that should be good. We'll have, we'll have, some, we'll have some time to digest Mandalorian and Episode Nine before we get into that. Well, I guess before we get into the big news, which is uh, the new Episode Nine kind of trailer that we got, um, <laughs> why don't we pause now for uh, a brief break? A message from our sponsor and a tune from the Cantina Band. Do you have a vision for a cosplay prop, novelty item, or other project, but don't know how to make it without breaking the bank? Nerdful Things has you covered. Ontario's 3D printing experts are committed to quality and affordability. They can forge everything from convention-friendly prop weapons to masks and helmets to small embellishments like belt buckles or pauldrons. You might even find a unique nerdy gift for friends. Check out their gallery and request a quote on Facebook at NerdfulThings 3D or on Instagram at Nerdful underscore Things 3D underscore. Check the show notes for more links. And we're back. Um, yeah, so Mandalorian covered. Uh, uh, let's just go real quick. Uh, what was your, your thoughts on the trailer? Like, give me a, like, uh, out of five, what do you think on the trailer? For Mandalorian? Yeah. Oh, um, 4.5. Five? Yeah, I'm gonna go about the same. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go five. I, I'll be a. Yeah. It's hard to say, right? Because like I'm so excited trailer, about though. so many Just things. It's like yeah. okay, like I was already excited for this. I was already on board. I was already throwing down yeah. seven or eight bucks a month for the surface, anyways. Like I'm hooked already. But thank you for this. This is lovely. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree. It's 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 the entire tone that I was hoping for, and uh, everything I see so far, I really like. So it's yeah, a great proof of concept. Great. Like I'm. I was already signed, sealed, and delivered, but uh, this was a nice touch for sure to wet the whistle. Big thumbs up for me too. Well, let's get let's let's get into the big trailer, um, the big little trailer. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> or at least half of the trailer. I mean, the first minute uh, minute or so is you know it's all footage we've seen before. I mean, you you open with like the, you know the twin sons, um, Obi Wan. One thing you got twin sons, Obi Wan. You got Leia, the droids, uh, the throne room, Vader. Boba Fett, Han, Yoda. But one of the things we get in this, and remember that JJ said this is going to wrap everything up. We got Darth Maul, we got young Anakin, we got older Anakin, and we've got Mace Windu. Hmm. Do you notice that there's a very distinct shot, uh, probably around the one minute mark? You've got Mace Windu squaring off against the Emperor. Now, I don't know if that's just a reference to when Vader was created, you know, and when the Emperor took on his horrible visage. Visage. I don't know how you pronounce that. <laughs> but you've got Mace Windu with the purple lightsaber squaring off there. Do you think that we're going to see Mace Windu in this film? Like, I don't think Sam Jackson's been in enough stuff at the theaters this year. Let's get him in one more movie, baby. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm down. I, I would love to see it. I don't know how that would even come about. But yeah, that guy yeah. needs to be in something else Star Wars related. Um, it might be wishful thinking, but I mean, why is he in there? Everyone else who's in there plays a very key role in the whole series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say with this too, right? Because this is this was footage that they were using at D23, which is an event for Disney fans and shareholders and big time fanatics, right? So like, this is them trying to sell their upcoming product on 
people that who should already be sold right yeah this is more just trying to touch on the sentimental notes i think and something to remember i think you're right like like jj's not cutting this thing too right like it's not jj at the booth going like okay this is exactly what i want you to show because we're doing this with that i was i was was debating whether or not like to like dissect this whole section of of, of the trailer and be like oh why are they showing this scene maybe this maybe this part's relevant like thinking like probably i'm probably just getting ahead of myself I mean, it, it, that, that, this is our temptation as Star Wars fans, right? Like, we're going to be like, oh, but this could be evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to probably use right. I think Occam's... you're probably right. Like, I'm, I'm going to the same places you are on some of these things. I'm like, like going like, wait, no, okay. How yeah. can they explain this in three hours, right? Like Or less. I mean, like, you can't, like... I, I, I'm pretty much on your page, but I had to throw it out there because right before we started recording, I was sitting with Allison in the living room. And I'm like, okay, just give me a second. I got to watch both these trailers again before I give Chris a call. And I watched the episode nine one. And it was the first time I really, I mean, I noticed it the first few times I watched it, but it was the first time I kind of focused on it. I was like, wait a minute. JJ made a very important, a very distinct point that this, this movie would wrap up not just this trilogy, but all three trilogies. This is gonna. Mm-hmm. This is gonna take all the storylines that we've had since you know. I mean, chronologically since the Phantom Menace, and tie them all up. And to to say that and then show Mace Windu, I was like, hmm. You know, I wonder if even if it's a even if it's a passing reference, who knows? I, I don't know. That would be but, great. I would love to hear someone kind of give him a nod, or maybe yeah. he's on like a Council of Force Ghost or something. But um, hey, yeah, no, that's and that's a cool idea. Don't That's get me wrong. Cool. Like again, here, like I would love to see him show up somehow. I think yeah. it's a tough order to get him in there, but I think more the point of putting that in there is well, first of all, a to be like, hey, here's a cool thing from the prequels. Remember when Sam Jackson was in them, and uh, also that whole theme of you know facing down Palpatine, right? Like this, this was the scene, like the scene with Mace and Palpatine and Anakin in particular is one of the things that sold me back on the prequels again when I was rewatching them before Force Awakens, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the exact scene that happens in Return of the Jedi, but it's Anakin watching Luke face off at Palpatine and he's making yeah. the opposite call. Like this mm-hmm. this is one of the crux points of the whole franchise. So it I could think have it's a scene like that at the end of this new movie, man. Could be. It could very well be. Maybe it's Kylo redeeming himself throwing Ray into a pit. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, yeah, let's let's, let's just yeah. Get that myself again. <laughs> well anyway, the first the first scene where we where we really we see all our all our main characters you got Chewbacca, Ray, Finn, and Poe, C three PO in the background there they're overlooking some. Is this a party? Is this a what is this? Do you know what this is? I don't actually. I haven't heard them clarify this one. Um, it's like kites and balloons and like I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. But although I I, I noticed in the shot before, like when they're when's the face on shot. Um, Poe kind of like looks exasperated and sighs before they cut away from that. That's a good point. So like I don't know what that's about. Oh, you're right. He really does. He looks like he's sighing. Like maybe it's like an evacuation or maybe it's like a refugee camp. Yeah, um, like I, it's, it, they haven't really they've given us so little to go on and for that I'm actually quite thankful. Like I don't want to have too much at this point. But No, um, you know what? You're totally right. I just watched that over again. Kind of, well, kind of uh, clicking through it in silence here, and you're absolutely right. I never noticed that he really. You're totally right. He really looks. Um, I'm watching it again here. And the Falcons in the background too. They're 
he definitely looks um, spent. You know, like, oh, really? Like a, Something there has disappointed he, him for some reason that I don't know yeah. what those things are or what's going on there. But this is, um, I believe it's the planet's called Pasana. I, I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, this is the planet where... Well, it's they showed it quite a bit in the actual first trailer with like that that speeder chase and uh, probably also the scene where Ray jumps over the tie silencer. Yeah, this is the same planet. And this is also the planet where Naomi Aki's character comes in, which play. I'm really thinking now is definitely Kylo Ren in that silencer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For well, yeah. Again, shot at a shot at a time, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one now. <laughs> Although I would still like to, I would still love. To hear that, like poets stolen it from him or something like, oh yeah, you blew up my X-wing, I'm gonna steal your ship. Yeah. <laughs> I still love my idea for that. The shot of, um, let me get back here. Yeah, uh, the, the X-wings and obviously all the the rebel ships all flying out of. Hyperspace. Oh yeah, actually, before that is Leia. Um, I was just looking at that shot now, and now I'm actually seeing, um, like that looks like her from the end of Force Awakens, but like. They clearly just changed her clothes for that. Like it's actually, it looks really good. Looks like Andor to me. Like that looks totally natural on a freeze frame. It looks like Andor. Oh, it does too. No, you're totally right. I mean, I couldn't be that. That that was awesome. That gave me a bit of a chill when I saw Carrie Fisher there. And it's actually curious. Like they mentioned her a lot. Like in how much of a role she's going to play in the story. And I'm really curious how this is going to pan out. You know, man, when they film when. You know, a lot of these films, they'll film six hours of footage and then crack that down to, you know, a two and a half hour film. So there's probably tons of footage of scenes that were completely scrapped that they could piece piece together. And I think with I, like I a very that, little amount of like tampering, they could, you know, they could give her like an actual presence. Yeah. Oh, I think there. I think there will be. I don't think she's going to have like a as big a role. Obviously, she was originally planned on. Not as you're supposed to. No, for sure. That's um, such a shame. Like I, I keep thinking of what they did with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he he died while they were filming the last movie, so they had to use like a body double to kind of fill in some of the back shots. Yeah, um, but like the dialogue was there, but they didn't have his physical presence in all the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just were able to kind of swap that in a little bit, almost like oh, in the same way they use a stunt double. Really, it's not that kind of advanced trickery. Really, it's just. You know the same thing no, they do with, with modern, like the catboy swap. Techniques. Yeah, no, it's thanks I mean, to Peter Jackson. Now without, you can easily they, do that. Yeah, they filmed half the crow without Brandon Lee. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I told you about this. Her daughter's going to be in scenes with her too. Oh, Billy Lord. Yeah, Billy Lord's going to actually be interacting with you know this version of Leia. That's going to be oh, that's great, great and that's devastating. Great. <laughs> that's that, that. Well, still, that's that, that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it was in the Vanity Fair article. Like, I don't think we've, we've talked about this particular detail yet but like they weren't going to put her in it originally um just they thought she wouldn't um want to or be too sensitive or whatever but she actually volunteered and wanted to to be involved in that so that's really cool um so yeah the shot of the x-wings we got x-wings a-wings um a big ship that i first thought was a falcon but i can tell that it's not Um, yeah i was thinking the same thing wings in there um and then a good old y-wings B-wings, uh, do, do you want to take bets on actually if that's the Tanta Four? Hey man, because yeah. I believe actually she still has the Tanta Four as of the start of Star Wars Resistance, which is leading right into Force Awakens. Why not? So that would be really cool if that was actually her ship. <laughs> that yeah. would really tie things together. Yeah, A wings, Y wings, B wings—they're all there. 
The only thing missing is um, I don't see any U wings. Yeah, this is this is Alphabet Squadron right here from that from the books. And you know what? You were right about those that very first shot because it's really brief. It took me a few seconds to be able to actually click on that exact image. But those star destroyers are original Imperial star destroyers. They are not first order. Yeah, I, I can't take credit for that. Um, I actually saw it from on Twitter. Um, Baz from another podcast called Force Material, um, which is a plus recommended listening pointed yeah, that out actually, uh, yeah that is, those are imperial star stories it's a very distinct profile at least the ones in the front there like i can't say for sure in the second shot if they're all the second um, shot is um that's creepy you know what that's reminiscent of to me was um pink floyd the wall you know during goodbye blue sky with the uh the cartoon of all the um obviously it was reminiscent of world war ii with all the bombers going overhead that was really reminiscent to me of pink floyd the wall um yeah, my first like thought too was actually me. of the the castle run in solo too. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of space like thunder storm. and lightning. Yeah. yeah, 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 big time. That, that is a lot of star destroyers, man. That <laughs> is a lot. Like, there's, I mean, there's at least forty or fifty on the screen in that second shot. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's filling. Like, I, I I first watched this on my phone at work, and like, I didn't quite get the scale of it until I watched it at home later on, and holy crap. Yeah, I'm kind of it's very interesting though. Like, if these are Imperial Star Destroyers, that has huge story implications. Like, we've talked in the past about like the First Order's formation and whatnot. But, well, it uh, seems to me, um, like, can I, like, what I was bringing up the Wheel of Time earlier, this is like Tarman Gaiden. Like, this is like the last battle. This is like uh, the Battle of Minas Tirith, like in, <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Like, th this is, it looks like it's culminating to one final huge battle of good and evil. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, I, I'm so so looking forward to this film. <laughs> and I think uh, I, I think the looks on the faces of Finn and uh, Gianna in the next shot says it all. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you how do you do anything against that? Like what they, you saw their fleet there, like they have the Tanta Four maybe, and a handful of miscellaneous starfighters. Yeah, overwhelming Ooh. odds. You get C three PO waking up with the red eyes. Oh yeah, that's a uh, forget Dark Ray. <laughs> Dark C-3PO. <laughs> you know, I almost didn't recognize him because of his red eyes. Yeah, well, sure, come on. <laughs> no, For Force Awakens joke, sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. It is oh, eyes, 3C-3PO. You probably well, didn't recognize me because of my comes, red arm. <laughs> the thing that comes next is that, uh, uh, I think it was Harloff that mentioned this. Um, the, uh, I can't go a podcast without mentioning Christian Harloff. <laughs> um, the, uh, the big, obviously, looks like super lasers. Uh, hitting the planet um, in Dark Empire, as we were alluding to earlier, uh, the Star Destroyer, the Eclipse, had a super laser, um, just not quite as powerful as the Death Star, but like a, a super laser that kind of the, the basically the Eclipse Star Destroyer in Dark Empire was essentially a gigantic gun with a ship built around it. Mm -hmm. um, it was a giant super laser with a with a Star Destroyer built around it, um, and it certainly looks like. Um, at least one of, if not many, of these Star Destroyers have that kind of technology because you're you're looking at these gigantic laser blasts coming down from the sky and well, it's incredible uh, damage to this planet. There's something that's not something I touched on a whole lot in the movies, but like Star Destroyers have that kind of armament to destroy a planet if they really wanted to. Like, yeah, but like like Solo said, it'd take a thousand ships. Yeah, like well, like the right the right planet. <laughs> But then, like that, like that could be like a super star destroyer. It could be like the type of dreadnought that the first order had and last Jedi. I just like, something. 
but it does have a similar kind of like laser beam effect to Starkiller Base almost. Yeah, it does. Which might actually explain some of the dark sky in some of the later shots. Um, yeah, that kind of reminded me of like the way the sky turned black when they were draining the star, the star from the far the the power of the laser for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just noticed something in the next scene with Rafe throwing her lightsaber when it chops all the trees. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can pause it on the same frame I've got, but she's throwing her lightsaber at a remote. Yeah, I, I did see that kind of flitting about. That was a tiny that? little detail, okay. yeah. I'm looking, I, I've got to pause her before she goes through the tree there, and that's a yeah. clear as day. It's definitely a remote, like 100%. And she's got a little training montage here. <laughs> it's kind of neat. Um, yeah. With the, uh, well, throwing the saber, first of all, is a nice upgrade for her. Yeah, so she's holding on to the stick, and then she grabs the saber with her other hand with a red, like, scarf or something in her hand for some reason. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I'm trying to watch her hands here, but it almost looks like that's like she's holding the stick up with the force after she goes to grab the saber, if you watch it in slow-mo. What's up with her arm? It's like a good gash. Her arm on. almost looks... No, like, oh. I see it, too. I was just staring at it when you said that out loud. Like, it looks like she's been sliced. It looks like she's got like some, either a big bandage or maybe it's I even mean, prosthetic. I don't know. That's weird. Obviously, Luke's lightsaber's put back together because that's the one. Yeah, we were uh, trying to analyze that with the first trailer. And then the next shot, Twitter pointed out that uh, like Kylo in that shot where he's walking there, he is not raging. He is just walking calmly. And yeah, that might be the yeah. first time we've seen him that in control. Like He's channeling himself or controlling himself very well. He does light the lights, his lightsaber before the shot ends. Though. Yeah, that's a cool shot too. Like every, every single shot of him cool. so far is awesome. Snow, or he drags yeah, it yeah. On the ground, yeah. And his tie silencer is in the background. And the next shot, which is probably the coolest shot of the, well, maybe the second coolest shot of the entire thing, which is, and it looks like he's attacking Ray. My first gut instinct when I saw this thing they're standing on was Star Destroyer, but it's it's too too small. Oh, it's a piece of the Death Star. It's got to be, yeah, because it, it matches up to that. Um, the end of the first trailer and if you notice the in the background to their to their left it looks like one of the uh oh yeah yeah one of the turbo lasers it almost looks like the part of the trench yeah it's gotta be yeah i'm just re-watching the fight there and he comes at her he, he makes the first move but then a lot of it's him like on the, on the defensive just what's wow. neat in there too is that the darth vader breathing effect is in there too yeah it is you want to get to the uh <laughs> big elephant this in the room massive reveal at the very end because i'm frozen on that frame yeah i'm 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 frozen on the death stare there as well um what do you think okay first of all i don't like the saber when it's activated folded up i think it's kind of lame having the two blades there side by side however the fact that it snaps down and is a double blade saber looks really cool we'll start with that it also looks <laughs> the one thing i'll say it also looks ancient because we know that kylo ren's lightsaber was based on like an ancient model the blades look very unstable very much like his i don't know if you noticed that yeah they're definitely more stable um yeah but they don't look as smooth as the yeah you're right yeah you know what i mean it's more of a crackle to them they're probably splitting the difference between like a normal lightsaber and kylo's really i'm going with clone on this one man i think ray's a clone well i'm i'm just looking at her clothes actually i just noticed something uh, I'm trying to freeze on it again. She snaps the saber down. By the way, that same saber style is used in Rebels and maybe Clone Wars by the Jedi Temple Guards, or at least one of them. So like uh, that comes red. from not red, no, but like that snapping style that is from Rebels. Like there's a shot 
going around with like Kane and talking to I, I forget the exact circumstances of the episode, but he's talking to a uh, temple guard of some kind. Yeah, and uh, it snaps his lightsaber out. Um, the thing I just noticed though, if you look at her belt, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be a deliberate homage to Kylo's belt because he has that uh, sort of tall belt across his both of his costumes. I think it, definitely his Force Awakens one. Yeah, like the shot of the saber being fully extended is so quick. Um, very, you very can kind quick. of you can kind of see it doesn't have like that centerpiece thing that his does, but it, like how much of that is just a similar design and how much of it is intentionally like Kylo's. It's something I just picked up on. Um, it's so quick like it's such a tease like i mean that's so fast like <laughs> it's brutally fast yeah you know what man i don't i'm kind of we were talking before and you know maybe you're right maybe it's more like a force vision god man maybe she was a clone the whole time like because that would really lead that would really give uh, it would make sense based on um uh, the last jedi where Ray goes down to find out who she really is and the, the lineup of her kind of going back in time. You know what I mean? When she was snapping her fingers and it went snap, 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 snap. snap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then she finally comes face to face and it's just her. You know, maybe there is no one else. Maybe, I mean, to, I think to, to, to say that her parents were just drunks and sold her, I think that's kind of cheesy. But um, to say that she could be could have been a clone... Let's she break looks it down. downright evil in that shot, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Like she's even got a bit of like the pale makeup, and you know like, how they make them look kind of sickly once they're in the full sway of the dark side. She's got that going yeah. on for her. But um, well, let's break it down. There's a couple different options that we could throw out here. First is first is clone that she's that this is a clone of her, or she was a clone, or something like that. Obviously, we know cloning is a thing in Star Wars. And yes. this is why I was kind of thinking of Dark Empire um, with the evil clone of Luke that exists um, called Luke. <laughs> so this could be Ray. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that's one possibility. Um, the other possibility, which was my first reaction, was Force Vision. Like this could be some kind of vision in the Force. Kind of like what, what she could Luke become, sees like, like on Dagobah. Dark Side Cave on Dagobah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This might not even be her vision that she sees. This could be a vision that Kylo sees. The implications of him being shown this vision of Rey can go in so many different ways. Um, like that. Oh, like she's going to replace me, or this is what she could have been, or what I could have been, or you know, right. like so many ways to take that in itself. Third possibility is that this is actually Rey, and I don't think that. I think that's the least likely possibility out there um yeah, or if it is her is it's going to be a very fleeting thing yeah i man it, it, it certainly worked it's got me intrigued <laughs> Don't. this was shown on saturday at d23 and the footage wasn't um allowed to leave the room basically like they didn't let anyone take photos or anything but people were obviously describing it and like that there's a gif of the uh the temple guard on snapping his lightsaber and people were sharing that around and yeah. So I had so I've had a few days to think about this. Like you've just seen this for the first time today because I didn't spoil it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, you and basically I still... said, "Hey, it's out." And I think it wasn't until I think it was about eleven eleven o'clock this morning that I actually sat down and watched it. And blew when it I saw your text that you'd seen, I was like, "Oh, thank God, finally!" <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> finally talking. Oh my God, dark ray. Yeah, for sure. Well, you. I mean, I think one of the messages you sent me was like, "I th- I just went out and got." got dark empire <laughs> and i was like really because awesome. <laughs> uh yeah like there's there's a few thematic elements from what i know of that comic and not having read it that could come into play here we've been talking about this since the first trailer like with the possibilities for palpatine coming back dark empire came into play with that and 
don't know, Kevin Smith hung, or sorry, J.J. Abrams hung out with, like, Kevin Smith in the early 90s and whatnot, I think. Or they released yeah. Familiar at some point early on, so maybe Kevin Smith told him about this at one point. Because there was that infamous um, discussion that J.J. Uh, Abrams had with Kevin Smith and Mark Hamill and some other people on a roundtable TV show or something. Yeah, Where Mark Hamill kind of lamented the fact that uh, Luke didn't go dark in Jedi. Um, so, like, maybe Kevin Smith was like, hey, J.J., check this check this out and uh, yeah. <laughs> show them dark empire or something like so maybe this put the german his head there yeah who knows yeah. um this could be a clone could be a force vision so you're you're going clone i'm gonna go clone i'm still thinking force vision i'm gonna yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see what uh, we'll see what pans out i'll, I'll go clone because um, like i said um well, i'm trying to use occam's razor here interesting Let's make it interesting. And the second time we go see the film, <laughs> uh, lo- loser buys the popcorn. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Like the simplest thing is probably true. And I'm just trying to think of all the, like the, the narrative gymnastics they have to go through to explain a lot of possible outcomes from this. Yeah. Yeah. The easiest thing is that, Oh, Hey, this is a vision that she sees like to warn her, or this is something that Palpatine showing her to, sway her or something that's I like your first Kylo like your other idea of it's a vision of Kylo's because I still completely disagree with the people that say that Kylo Ren cannot be redeemed I'm like yeah he killed his father big deal Vader killed children <laughs> Vader did a lot of other stuff yeah Vader killed yeah. children with his lightsaber so um <laughs> then again we don't know that Kylo didn't do that as well <laughs> when he destroyed Luke's academy but you know what I yeah, mean like I, yeah to say that Kylo can't be redeemed, I think that's ridiculous. Um, if Anakin can, anyone can. Yeah, absolutely. And the background oh, anyone short of like scene, Palpatine. The background in that scene really reminds me of the. Uh, remember in the last podcast we did, I was talking about the the scene from um, Fallen Empire. Uh, Chuck Wendig, yeah, mm-hmm. when they were when Gallius Rax and Voldo. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're walking through the observatory, like the dark halls, the dark halls yeah. of the observatory. That's what it reminds me of. Pretty yeah, sure like that's that's not a setting that we've seen in anything so far. Right. Yeah, and actually, someone was um, comparing the um, poster because we got that as well this weekend. Finally, a poster for the movie officially. Um, someone was comparing like the bluish background of that to the world between worlds and rebels. Now again, Occam's Razor, like that's a lot to explain to the casual movie going audience, like, oh yeah, there's this portal called the World Between Worlds where you can kind of do time travel and stuff. Yeah, that's a lot to explain, but it's not impossible, it's just difficult. How cool is that poster, by the way? Oh wow, is that ever cool? Yeah, it does have kind of that quality. It's a very <laughs> cool poster. Yeah. I think I found my new screensaver. Yeah, it's our new cover page on Facebook, so <laughs> And I saw a joke going around on Twitter, like, oh, notice how Kyle Ryan has the high ground. Hmm. That's true. <laughs> Don't do it, Ray. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been on team double saber for Ray for a long time, like since she first picked up the saber in Force Awakens. This is I not how I expected to I see it, man. Staff. This is not how I expected to see it. Yeah, but she's always fought with that staff. That's, I mean, a staff is, you know, you're using both ends. Yeah, actually, funny you mentioned... Uh, Ben being redeemed like that was not on my mind at all in this trailer because of the end of it like I that kind of has been one of the main topics for a lot of people and myself included but it was not even a factor for me with this one yeah Christmas can't come fast enough yeah for sure as much as I don't want it to snow up here where I live um yeah that should be interesting on the forest moon of Ontario 
Yeah, I'll. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be Hoth in about two months. <laughs> it's going to be four feet of snow on the ground. Man. <laughs> I live north of Algonquin Park. This is uh, it's pretty darn wintry up here by that time of year. So, um, might be as well be halfway to Nunavut at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, this place is Alaska when you're that time of year. Yeah. There's trailer. actually there was one more bit that didn't come into the into the trailer. Actually, there was some other footage that was kind of sneakily shown on Friday from like a highlight reel of everything I think Disney was doing at the at the expo. And let's see if I can find it here. There's some other shots that didn't make it into this, including like another shot of Vader's helmet. Um, like Kylo was looking at Vader's helmet in a drawer or something like he still got it somehow. Like he got it off Star Killer Bay's. I'm trying to if there's anything else to notice from there. Carrie Russell at the um, at the panel on Saturday mentioned that Poe and her character have some background. We still don't know much about her character Zori Bliss yet, besides the fact that she looks really cool. Yeah, no, lots to be excited for there. Well, and actually, hey, if you get tired of, uh, of of living on Hoth, there's going to be a the or the hotel service is opening at Galaxy's Edge soonish. They they were talking really? about that at D twenty three as well. Only okay. downside is it's going to cost you uh, about seven seven grand. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a two two night three day stay mandatory. Like you can't just stay for one night, but it's a fully immersive experience for about seven grand per person. It better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds awesome. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll wait till uh, people aren't buying tickets for it and they, they drop it down to an actually accessible price. Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. That's almost insulting. But, um... <laughs> like I don't know. Do you have enough money? I, like I don't know who's buying those tickets, but I'd like them to be my friend. Yeah, people who yeah people who make a lot more money than I do. That's for sure. <laughs> more people people who make sorry. People that make a lot more money than most people, I think. Actually, speaking of Galaxy's Edge, one quick note, too, is that um, we've talked about the Phasma novel. Well, there's a sort of prequel to it coming, or sorry, a sort of sequel to it coming out this week as we record. Um, and it's a direct tie-in to Galaxy's Edge called Black Spire. Um, oh, yeah. And it features um, V. Marathi, the the Resistance spy, and uh, Cardinal from, from that book. Oh, cool. Yeah, but they're running cool. around on, on Black okay. Spire Outpost, which is the which is the official, like, in-canon name of Galaxy's Edge. Like, that is the station that you go to when you go to the park. Oh, neat. So it's, it's one of several tie-ins that they've done. They'll, like, they did a... There's a novel called A Crash of Fate by, by Zoraida Cordova, I believe, is the name of the author. I haven't, right. picked, I, like, I haven't actually read it yet because I'm way behind on my reading, but um, it kind of sounds like a sort of Lost Stars set on, on Batuu, like the planet from Galaxy's Edge, so... And there's like a comic series and all this other stuff coming out, but uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be getting there till for a couple more years. <laughs> well, yeah, me neither. Like I said, calm before the storm. The storm is here. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's gonna do it for us for today. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please like it and tell a friend. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts are free. With new episodes every third Friday. Don't forget to subscribe on your service of choice so you never miss a new discussion. Got a question or comment on today's episode or anything else in the Star Wars universe? Drop us a line on Twitter at Kyra Club or on Facebook and Instagram at Quarter Portion Podcast. Your opinions and questions are worth 60 portions to us. Ask a question and we'll gladly answer it on the show. Check out www.kyberclub.com for all our contact information. 
or consider supporting us at Patreon to help shape the show and access bonus content. You can find me on Twitter at Django Fletch. And I'm on Twitter at Hugathy. And uh, join us on September 13th for the first episode of our new second show, where we are doing an actual play Star Wars RPG sort of audio drama. Can't wait. And don't forget to check us out on October 5th and 6th at London Comic Con, where we're doing a panel with uh, more information on that to come. Maybe one with the Force. And may the Force be with you.